Experience an interfaith learning center, a sacred community, and a spiritual home at One Spirit to be of service in today's rapidly changing world. Explore opportunities in seminary, interspiritual companioning and counseling certificate programs, and experiential community workshops and events throughout the year. Visit onespirit.org slash encounter to discover what's possible. That's one, the number one, spirit.org slash encounter. Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org. So if you regularly listen to this podcast, you've heard the advertisements for our SDI Renaissance virtual conference. We hosted this gathering a couple of weeks ago now, and we as a staff are certainly still processing, debriefing, discerning, but we do know that overall we feel like it was really successful. Uh, We've heard from a lot of participants that they were really glad for the time together to gather in this way. Uh, Certainly surprised that a conference could work virtually over Zoom and our Whova app. Um, And I will say for myself, even though we were on our devices and meeting virtually, that it felt like a conference. Um, This is my third SDI conference on staff, uh, having been in St. Louis in 2018 and Bellevue in 2019. And this one had the same energy, uh, the same sense that a lot lot was happening and there was a lot to process and, and certainly the same tiredness and exhaustion at the end of the day. Uh, But it was a really rich time. We certainly had a broad and diverse representation of the public square of spiritual companionship. Uh, And so in this episode, I wanted to offer you a few highlights from our time together uh, and also inform you that we're offering for sale the recordings of our conference keynote presentations in all of our workshops, uh, over 90 hours of video content on spiritual direction and spiritual companionship. Uh, You can find out more on our website, sdicompanions.org. But here for this episode, I'm going to offer a couple minutes from each of the keynote presentations as something of a recap of our SDI Renaissance conference. So here we go. So each morning we had a ritual offered by our conference ritualist, Pat McCabe, or Womaning Stands Shining who helped us to connect with water, to be in relationship with water and in deeper awareness and understanding of how connected we are uh, in water and through water. Start with just this water. So I I want to acknowledge this holy mini wachosane waka for those of you who maybe were looking at what was taking place at the Standing Rock uh, uh, Reservation um, in 2016, where they were making a stand for their water, they they put out this this phrase to the world. And so there's many people who use this phrase, mini wichoni, they said. And um, and so the way that I was, the way that we talk about it um, is also to say, mini wichosane waka, holy water of life, first medicine. This is the first medicine. 
And so this one is the one that binds all living things together as one family, one living family. And that includes human beings, but, but beyond us to the flying ones, the swimming ones, the creepy crawling ones, the four-legged ones, the standing nation, the trees, the plants. And I'm gonna say even the stones and the mountains. Um, so I just wanna greet uh, that, that beautiful, holy cloud, the cloud people. They've been coming around over this way and thinking about, about blessing us with some water here in the desert and just want to say to them, we would be so grateful. We'd be so grateful if you would gift us that way. It's very dry over here. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that this, this is the medicine. This is the, the blood, the lifeblood of our mother earth. This is the, the, our mother's milk as well that we all live by. And so in this way, we, we are bound together by this one. And I want to say, so we say water is life, but we also want to acknowledge that, that this water is alive. This water has consciousness. So I'm just going to present these clips in chronological order, starting with Wednesday, April 21. Our first keynote presentation was by Lucy Abbott Tucker, longtime friend of SDI and uh, founder of SDI, one of the co-founders, uh, who spoke on the past, present, and uh, where we are going as an organization, as a community of spiritual directors and spiritual companions. In recent years, the expression town square or market square has often been used to describe our organization. I believe these terms are good representations of who we are right now. I decided to give our town square a name to help frame my words today. I am calling it the Seeker Searchers Square. I believe the individuals who come to our square are all looking to connect, to connect to their deepest self, to the energy of the universe, to the sacred. People do this in a wide variety of ways. And it feels right to me that there are many different shops in the Searchers Square. We call ourselves spiritual directors, spiritual companions, prayer partners, deep listeners, witnesses, energy workers, soul companions, hospital chaplains, prison chapel chaplains, and so on. I like that there are many different stores in the square. And I think we each need to be able to clearly define how we understand our particular store and our particular ministry. Uh, following Lucy, we had the honor of hearing from Roshi Joan Halifax, who spoke on the core value of compassion in the work of spiritual companionship. Uh, she also spoke um, in light of the Derek Chauvin trial um, where he was found guilty of murder of George Floyd, which certainly uh, was a, a heavy presence uh, for these days of the conference. The last time um, I spoke at uh, SDI, I um, explored uh, with this community the power of compassion you know, and I spoke that it, it is in a way a, a triple win situation. And I think compassion is really essential today 
even as um, we have this touch of uh, self-righteousness or moral outrage in uh, also retribution or feelings of he got what he deserved, <clears throat> to understand um, that if we look at this current situation of racist violence in our country, which indeed has long, long roots, um, compassion gives us a perspective, which is really important. It is to understand deeply <clears throat> that um, the state of mind that Derek Chauvin was in um, also is suffering. And that suffering represents view within our own society, within our culture, and within our race. So compassion is not to absolve, but it is to discern deeply. And I say it's a triple win because those who receive compassion, whether they're someone in maximum security, I wrote about this recently that, uh, uh, you know, working inside the prison system is a volunteer, which I did for six years on death row um, with people, all of, the, all of the men, of course, and all of them who had killed people. Uh, one of the things I uh, learned was to face the truth, the horrors of the crimes that these men committed, but also to know that the states of mind that they were in that also is suffering. And that suffering is also rooted in the ethos and ethics, as uh, Reverend Lucy suggested in her talk, within our own culture and society. We have such deep work to do as spiritual companions to transform the landscape of our society and of global society toward compassion. Opening our Thursday session, we had Sister Joan Chittister, who gave a lively presentation on the need for spiritual companionship using the framework of the Order of St. Benedict uh, as a foundation uh, by which people can come to know God and understand that they are always with God. And of course, the need for spiritual direction to help us see that, to see that revealed for us, and to better understand that. God, Benedict teaches us, in this first degree of humility, is with us now, here, always. Not when we get to the last degree of humility, where hopefully we will have earned enough points to get God after life ends, when the great spiritual wrestling match with God is over. No, Benedict says, our spiritual life begins with a conscious relationship of the God present to us, around us, and in us. These are matters deeply in need of spiritual direction in our world. They are the very foundation of our own spiritual lives. Or as Solomon Ibn Gabriel put it, for those for whom God is present, God is there. For those for whom God is not there, 
God is still present, but they are not. Before we move on to the rest of the keynote clips, I just want to remind you that the recordings of all of our keynotes and all of our workshops are now available for purchase. The full keynote presentations of each of our speakers, all 40 of our workshops, this is over 90 hours of content uh, on spiritual direction, spiritual companionship, be inspired, be challenged, be invigorated buy this offering from SDI. It's available for a limited time only. Access to this content is available until July 25th, 2021. So you should act now so that you have as much time as possible to work through this extraordinary content. Uh, the recordings of our SDI Renaissance conference are available for purchase from the SDI store. Please go to sdicompanions.org to learn more. Since On Thursday, we also received a really rich presentation from Jillian Gonda from the Fetzer Institute. Uh, the Fetzer Institute has completed a, a long, uh, thorough survey that they're calling a study of spirituality in America. And Jillian presented on the findings of their study the data and give us a real interesting snapshot of where we are as a country and as a culture in regards to how we understand what spirituality is in our lives. A really interesting resource for spiritual companions to consider. You can go to fetzer.org to learn more about their work and their study. What is important for people? What do they give primacy to? I think that's a really important finding to explore more of these benefits and needs, but but really a recognition of what is it um, that is is adding to my um, well-being and and giving attention to that. I think is really really important. Dear Krista Tippett, a, a good friend in my, friend of mine and someone who has um, been in this space for so long, this pattern of looking inward and recentering, but how we look beyond ourselves, um, what spirituality can offer us there, I think is why we were so interested in findings that move beyond the personal benefit, but to a, a greater sense of, of, the, of a greater good. So what other activities, again, to follow on this point that um, folks consider spiritual that are outside of themselves, volunteering for causes that are dear to my heart, being in the present, honoring people, animals and plants on nature on Earth Day, leaving no impact. So the sense that there's someone else or some other thing that they're um, benefiting in their in their spiritual activities. This is really the crux of that um, part two of our, our study. The more strongly a person identifies as spiritual, the more likely in this case they are to believe it is important to make a difference in their communities and contribute to the greater good. So this might be a little hard to read with all the numbers, but what you're seeing here is that growth up from those that identify not at all spiritual, slightly spiritual, to very spiritual. So those that um, identify stronger have a 77% agreement that, the, that their spirituality um, helps them help other peoples in need. 
Friday's presentations began uh, with our friend from the CAC, uh, Father Richard Rohr, who also spoke on compassion for others, but really challenged us to look inward and consider our motivations, consider our own ego, and how that might affect our sense of uh, political self-righteousness or cultural self-righteousness. Um, yeah, a really challenging keynote. Uh, here's a clip. Here's the secret. If I dare to think I can reveal the secret, which alone can bring both truth and justice, both truth and justice. Although the balance of those who can bring about both is still pretty rare. It's increasing. It's definitely increasing, but it's still rather rare. Step one, you must recognize what we alluded to already, that what you hate in others is also yourself in some form. And you don't know how to change it in yourself, so you try to change it in others. You're well-practiced in keeping it disguised from yourself. Now, you know what word I'm going to use. The word that Jesus referred to, Carl Jung made explicit, the shadow self. The shadow is not evil. It's what we refuse to see in ourselves that allows us to do evil while calling it good. And the law gives you quick comfort, quick righteousness, and we all like that, but it usually doesn't hold compassion. At least it didn't in me. Even when, and here's the rub, even when I was right. But at this point, it doesn't matter about being right. It becomes a fearic victory. I'm right. Now I'm on a pedestal of purity, and I cannot be criticized. Uh, don't, don't seek that kind of certitude. It will convert no one. It will deepen both sides in their righteousness. So we've doubled the problem, really. Don't ever presume you yet know yourself. Just as God is infinite mystery, so I think the human person is infinite mystery. And, and even infinite disguise, my shadow just becomes more subtle. The more people think I'm holy, I just know I'm playing a better game. <laughs> uh, that's why my father, St. Francis, he'd walk through the streets of Assisi with either a patched, fully patched cloak. So he said people would know from the outside what I'm like on the inside. Or even worse, he'd walk through naked or like a prankster playing games. So no one could call him a saint. That's the freedom. On Friday as well, we heard from Dr. On Friday as well, we heard from Dr. Barbara Holmes, who spoke about 
what she calls crisis contemplation, uh, <laughs> extremely relevant and resonant for uh, our moment today. The uh, well, I'll let her explain. Now we're most used to contemplation as a voluntary and individual turn inward towards sacred reflection in the presence of the source of all being while in safe and comfortable spaces. This type of contemplation is exemplified by Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, Julian of Norwich and others. But the type of contemplation I'm writing about is an event or series of events that shatters our assumptions about the way the world works. The crisis changes our story. It changes the stories of our neighbors and it opens a portal to the innermost sanctums. Together, communities experience a shift in reality and a collapse of ordinary life. Crisis contemplation is a shattering, it's, it's rupture. Crisis comes in the form of oppression, violence, pandemics, natural disasters, or even planetary disturbances. And the crisis creates a shift in reality, a collapse of ordinary life experienced by a group of people, and together they fall through imagined safety nets into the center of their personal and collective being. Saturday's keynote sessions began with the Reverend Adam Bucko, who spoke about the contemplative community that he helps facilitate in New York City. Uh, in our spiritual community is the methodology of 12 steps. Every single person in our community is required to be in a small group of about 10 people or so, and they go through 12 steps every single year. They learn how to confess their shortcomings. They learn how to take off their masks. They learn how to expose all of their pain. They learn how to help each other hold their pain. They learn how to confess their powerlessness. And in that, they offer discover that God just shows up as a between between friends. This presence that just emerges in their midst and begins to pick up all of their broken pieces from the floor and remaking it into something that could become their way of showing up in the world. Also on Saturday, our dear friend Mirabai Star offered a reflection on Shabbat, the practice of Shabbat, the practice of rest, and what that can reveal to us when we slow down how being in silence and practicing rest can help us discern what is ours to do. And enables us to hear those quieter reverberations that reveal what is ours to do, which sometimes turns out to be something very different from our preconceptions of what it means to be, say, a contemplative activist in this world. When we look out at all the beautiful models of what it looks like 
to show up in this world with an open heart and ready hands. When we compare ourselves and say, I could never, I could never do that. I could never show up in Lesbos and greet the most broken human beings as they struggle their way to shore, sometimes with no relief in sight. I can't do that. So why bother? I'm no use. We need technologies of rest and renewal and discernment. We need those deep spaces of spiritual nourishment to be able to give us that drink of water we need to clear our vision and strengthen our limbs so that we can find what is ours to do. Years ago, I felt this great sense of shame about my vocation as a translator of the mystics. And I felt like that was, you know, just how many angels could dance on the head of a pin. What use is all my words? And one of the the great activists of our times, Liz McAllister, who's a part of Jonah House and Plowshares Movement, the Catholic Peace and Justice Movement, widow of Phil Berrigan, the great Jesuit activist, priest, along with his brother, Daniel Berrigan. Liz said to me, "You don't you see that this work that you're doing, these these mystics that you're presenting to us in this accessible way is, is what the prophets need. It's the drink of water that we need to keep showing up. Immediately following the Saturday keynotes, our executive director, Reverend Seifu Anil Singmolaris, led a discussion with both Reverend Adam and Mirabai around interspirituality, what it means to be in interspiritual community, to practice spirituality, drawing from different contemplative traditions, how to be honoring of those traditions and authentic to oneself. It really just a wide ranging conversation that really resonated with our community. And I'll start with you, Mirabai. It's the same question to both you and Adam from a slightly different angle. You're both calling for authenticity, honesty, um, depth, immersion with suffering, with grief, with loss, as well as with joy, celebration, and hope. And um, Mirabai, you use the word pollination, cross-pollination. And so I'll I'll ask you uh, first, how do we authentically cultivate cross-pollination? And the question for Adam that will follow, he can um, ping pong off you, is how do we authentically pollinate in uh, in one position, if you will, through one tradition? How do we remain authentic no matter where we are? So let's start with you, Mirabai. How do we authentically cross pollinate? And that's all I'm able to share here on this podcast with you today. The SDI Renaissance Conference was amazing. The questions still linger 
and our spiritual companionship community is living those questions. Uh, if you did want to access all of this content, the full versions of the keynote presentations, as well as dozens of workshops on spiritual direction and spiritual companionship, those are available for sale on our website, sdicompanions.org. Also, you'll hear soon about our next year's conference uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. God willing, uh, depending on pandemic, of course, and everything else. But we do have some save the dates for you. Those are May 10th through May 15th, 2022. There will be a lot more to say about that in the weeks ahead. So stay tuned. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. SDI is the home of spiritual companionship. Learn more about us and our work on our website, sdicompanions.org.